Hello, and thank you for joining us today. If you're a new supervisor, a new foreman, one of the questions that I'd like to leave you with or at least start this conversation with is, how well prepared are you for dealing with the people sort of issues involving your job? Again, how prepared do you feel for dealing with the people challenges involving your job? Hello, and thank you again for joining us today. My name is Joe White, and I'm the host of Supervisor Skills Secrets of Success. As the name implies, the SOS podcast series is 100% intended for the ongoing development of frontline managers. With each episode, we're going to take on a topic of interest and interview a subject matter expert for the benefit of our listeners. In today's episode, we're going to talk, with, talk about the basics of leadership, and in particular for new or recently assigned managers. My guest today is Steve Keating. Um, he's with Lead Today. I know he's a published author, and uh, he is absolutely an expert in this area. And uh, again, I, I welcome you, Steve, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity. Looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Um, if you would, how about just give us a little bit of a, a, an update about who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your background. I think that would sort of uh, help get us started today with this uh, with this topic. Okay. Well, um, you know, I've been around a while. I'm a, a seasoned veteran, I think is the nice way to say it at my age. Um, and, I like that. And uh, yeah, and, and, I've, and I've been involved in leadership for um, for many years as well. I actually got my start in the training industry working for a little-known company called Dale Carnegie Training, uh, which is really actually one of the largest all-over-the-world um, uh, development organizations, and um, primarily doing sales training, but I, I really got involved in the leadership side of it when I realized that one of the biggest struggles in the area of sales was that most sales leaders were promoted from the sales ranks and given this title of, of leader or sales manager, and then sent on their way with no real leadership development opportunities presented to them. And that was a huge challenge. And that, that caused me to kind of transition into the leadership area where I really today try to help uh, people, especially the younger leaders. I, I, I say on my website that I'm trying to help develop the next generation of leaders. And, you know, 85% of people moved into a leadership position, received no formal leadership training, and they struggle throughout their careers for that. And, and I really do try to help alleviate some of those challenges. So I, I enjoy it because leadership is about people, and I enjoy working with people. You know, I, it, hearing you talk about how you found your way into the, the area or the competence of leadership, I, you know, I think about my journey. Uh, at one point, I lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and there was a saying there that uh, no one is from Virginia Beach, Virginia. You move there, you transition there. And, you know, it's interesting. In my journey, I started in safety. And one of the things I quickly learned and, and I learned and it was reinforced throughout my career is that in many instances, what was missing in safety was leadership. And so I, you know, I've sort of morphed and transitioned uh, from a, a more pure safety background now to uh, to spending almost all my time in leadership. So yeah, I think we we uh, we have we certainly have something in common in that pathway. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, well, we don't have to look real far <laughs> today to see a lack of leadership pretty much anywhere we look, and it's a it's a huge challenge and limits uh, the growth potential for most organizations. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the work that that we do and the audience that we reach, uh, we are we're part or, or I, I should say we really target and work with those that are broadly classified as the industrial industries. Um, some may have historically called them blue collar industries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's construction, mining and transportation, those sorts of industries. And in as you think about the the topic that we're we're going to dive into today, um, in the context of the workplace, that sort of work environment, what is leadership? Well, that's a great question, and and to me, even in any kind of work environment, but particularly where people are are uh, you know more of a blue collar worker, I, sometimes people don't think that 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 type of workforce or that part of our workforce really needs leadership. But they do. We all, any human being needs leadership. And in that context, to me, leadership looks like um, vision casting, um, giving people a vision of a, of, a, of a fulfilling future and including them in that picture, letting them know what, what their role is. You know, we all, we all kind of have a basic human need to, to matter, to, to, to what we're, know that what we're doing makes a difference. And to me, that's what leadership does. It's, it's let, let us know that I'm just not going to work from, you know, 7 to 5 or 7 to 4 and, and collecting a paycheck and going home and divvying it up amongst my creditors. That, that I'm doing something more than that. Right. That what I do matters. In fact, I matter. And to me, that's, that's leadership in the workplace, to keep people motivated and engaged and growing um, to, to reach their full potential. You know, to me... Um, wild success is not making a ton of money. It's not what you do in your life. It, it's how you do it. Right. And in this context, I think leadership is helping people realize that whatever they're doing, they can be the best at it, and that will make them a tremendous success. Right. My dad used to say, you know, I don't really care what you do for a living. If you grew up and be a ditch digger, just be the very best ditch digger you can be, and you'll be a tremendous success. Yeah, that's that's great advice. You know, I'm reminded of a quote uh, I read recently that Ronald Reagan uh, once, uh, a quote he made, his quote was, the greatest leader is not necessarily the one that does the greatest things. He's the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. And and I want to ask you, is there a correlation between this quote and the role of that frontline manager or supervisor or foreman? Is there a correlation between this quote and, and their roles? If so, what is it? Well, I would say there absolutely is a correlation. And, and first, you know, when we think of leadership, we, we almost uh, default to the, the leader in the organization is the person at the top of the organization. Right. And that may or may not be true, but the reality is is that 85% of leadership comes from the middle of an organization. 85% of the, the motivation, of the decision-making, of the uh, training and development comes from the middle of an organization. And wow. those are, are the, the, the critical group of people, the the middle managers, if you will, who are responsible for helping ordinary people achieve extraordinary results. And so I think there's a, a huge correlation there. You know, we, 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 we hopefully hire people with the right skill sets, but what middle managers and, and especially the frontline supervisors need to do is, is draw out those skills from that group of people to, to produce 
um, extraordinary results. And that's a that's a skill. And if they're if they're capable of doing that, then you have what a, a John Maxwell, a wonderful leadership author, would describe as you have an effect the law of explosive growth. That's when an organization can really, really grow when those middle managers and frontline supervisors are able to elicit all of the strengths of their people um, to bear on, on that vision uh, and goals of the organization. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I had a guy one time tell me, he said, I can't really tell you what leadership is, but I know what it looks like. And, I like love that way. Yeah, and, and I think about in my career, some of the most effective leaders that I've seen uh, really need, they didn't have title or authority. You know, they were rank and file. They were, you know, part of the, the workforce. And, and yet uh, everybody looked at them with great respect and, and their voice carried a tremendous amount of weight. And, you know, when I, when I think about that, there's, there's a huge message in that for me. And, and I think as, as we talk about the role of the frontline manager and, and why leadership is really so critical to them, uh, you know, this suddenly takes on a whole new meaning. And, and I think it gives companies looking for opportunities to really um, improve and make the changes that, that are needed to remain competitive, especially post-COVID, I, I think it's very important. Well, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that, um, you know, the, the, the challenge, it, here's a thought that I have too, is so many um, today, so many companies are hiring good, young, talented uh, Gen Z workers, the, the early 20-year-olds coming into the workplace, and they, they hire the right people they, they have a lot of skills, a lot of potential, but they are being managed by someone who's been given no leadership training at all. And those young people, the, the more talented they are, the more potential they have, the more likely they are to become a flight risk from your organization right. because they're not being led correctly. And it becomes kind of a downward spiral. It is important to lead your, your best people with your best people in order to grow your, your, your industry. And I think that's going to be your, your business. And that's going to be even more important as we move forward and the workforce, the demographic changes to a younger and younger demographic. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I've seen, and again, it's a question, it's a, it's a discussion I've had a number of times with company owners is they, in, they invest a, a tremendous amount of money in leadership development for their executives and their senior managers but they, mm-hmm. they rely on management skills and management practices, in many cases, some that are very, very, um, you know, very steep in tradition uh, with those middle managers and those frontline managers. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it's interesting that, that they recognize a need for leadership at the top, but they don't necessarily recognize a need for it in the middle or at that point of interface with employees. Well, that's true. And I, and I think they don't, they don't realize that they really... Um, studied their organization where most of the leadership takes place and nothing against the most senior executives in an organization. But the fact is most of the critical decisions, the daily decisions that keep the company moving forward are, are made at the middle management level. Uh, Clearly some of the bigger, more expensive potential uh, risk potential decisions are made higher up, but the day to day running of the business is taking place at that Middle management level, and they the, the investment in that in that tier of leadership is woefully small. Wow, that's incredible. 
So, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about leadership and, and we've touched on management. I, I want to break those apart. And I want to ask you, in your opinion, how does leadership differ from management? Uh, one of my favorite questions, and, and, and I, I start every single leadership workshop that I do discussing the, the, the clear differences between the two. And I would say this, that if, if you're in a leadership position responsible for growing people, for leading people, trying to manage people, that fully 90% of what you would describe as a people issue or a personnel issue comes from a result of you in a leadership position trying to manage another human being, which is emotionally impossible. People refuse to be managed. They insist on being led. We, we need to understand the difference because we, we manage unemotional things. We manage budgets. We manage inventories. We manage plans. We manage buildings. We manage properties. We manage those kinds of things but people need to be led. People need to feel as though uh, they are emotionally invested in the organization, that, that they, they matter, that they have impact on the organization. And when we try to manage people and treat them as the equivalent of a copier or a computer, <laughs> they respond as managed things. And they, they're never going to be fully engaged in the organization. They're never going to... Um, you know, feel as though they, they have a career or a direction in the organization, they're, they're going to go to work. They're going to probably do their job. They're going to do their job as, as, and provide as much um, benefit to the company or as little benefit as, as required to keep their job, which is probably fair enough since the company is investing the small amount as possible to keep them employed as they can. So it, it seems to work out fair. But when we lead people, they become engaged in the organization and invested in the organization. And I, I tell people all the time, I'm, you might be able to tell I'm rather passionate about this part. <laughs> if, if you invest in your people, your people will invest in your business. When you grow your people, your people will grow your business. If you're trying to manage people, the best you can hope for is that your people become compliant and do what they're told. Right. If you lead your people your people will become committed and do far more than they're asked to do. And, and I get people tell me all the time, you know what, this is just a, this is, you're, you're, you're splitting words here. You're just screwing around with, with, with verbiage. You know, the, the, the mindset is completely different between someone trying to manage people and someone trying to lead people. Right. Someone who manages people sees an individual that might not be getting the job done and they say to themselves or think to themselves, I'm going to have to go and spend time on that person to get them up to speed. Right. A leader's mindset says, I've got someone not performing the way I hope they would. I'm going to need, or I want to invest time with that person. So here's my question. Are you in a leadership role today and you see your people as an expense that you must spend time on? Or do you see your people as an investment you want to invest time with? Right. That, that, your people can tell. That permeates every conversation you have. It impacts every interaction you have with them. If you see them as an expense, they're going to know it, and they're going to respond as an expense. Right. If they see themselves 
as somebody that the organization and you personally want to invest in, they will respond and provide you with a very high return on your investment. That's, to me, the core difference between leadership and management. That's powerful. Treat your employees as if they make a a difference, and, and they will. Indeed. So, Steve, I'd like to go back. Uh, you know, we talked about the difference between leadership and management. And and I, I think about the role that management has historically played, particularly the, the shop floor, the frontline managers, the job site supervisors and foremen. And I think about their role in, in maintaining status quo. And I think you you touched on the point of trying to maintain compliance and adherence to rules and procedures. Why is this no longer enough? Well, you know, that's an interesting question, and I might have a surprising answer for you. Um, my answer is because there is no longer a status quo. Okay. Um, we don't get today, and you know, everything is changing so fast. You think about what technology has done uh, to business. I remember, I bet probably 20 years ago, seeing a futurist give a presentation. And I didn't know what a futurist was, and so I asked him, and he says, well, I'm to the future what an historian is to the past. Wow. I, I tell companies what a, what their future is going to look like and what they're going to need to do to be prepared 10 or 20 years in the future. And in his presentation, he said that in 20 years, so that would have been roughly uh, now, that one of our biggest challenges in business would be what to do with all of the free time that technology has created for us. Wow. <laughs> he got paid for that. I, I should have had that gig. Um, it's like, all technology has done is speed everything up and increase expectations in the area of customer service and fulfillment and, and productivity. It's, it's, it's sped up everything we do. And today, there's no such thing as a status quo. We're either moving forward, and if we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards. No actions that we take or inactions that we take during the day are neutral. They're moving us in one direction or another. And the, the challenge that I see so many times, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, is that, you know, we, we provide our, our, our managers with a title and, and, and authority, but we, we can't lead with authority anymore. And a right. title doesn't make you a leader. People don't follow titles. They follow other people. Right. And so we need to lead with influence. And if we can influence people, then we can lead them. But, you, you know, you just can't beat somebody over the head with a club and tell them to do something and think that's leadership anymore. Um, you know, we, we have to give people the reason for, for wanting to do what we ask them to do. And, right. you know, I, I went to a Catholic military high school. And this was really foreign to me early on in my career because I don't remember Sergeant Major Stock or Sergeant Major Stewart. Um, ever asking for my permission to lead me. You know, I got a boot in the butt, and then you did what you were told, or the consequences would get worse. Well, that may have worked one time or another, but it doesn't work anymore. Right. And we need to influence people and encourage people and show them what's in it for them. And it doesn't make them bad people or combative people or negative people. It just makes them people. And the more we can motivate them to, to draw on all of their own strengths and weaknesses uh, to, to, to do a better job, then the better it is for the organization. And it is, I think, incumbent upon a, a middle manager and a frontline supervisor today and, and executives as well, really, right. to realize that 
every one of their people has, in fact, a set of strengths. And one of their jobs as a leader is to make certain that they're using their people within their strength zones to get the best output from them as they can. We, we miss that a lot. You know, I can't remember who the quote came from, but somebody, I think it might have been Einstein that said, you know, if, if, uh, you know, you're, you, you know, you're trying to help somebody grow, uh, if you put unreasonable expectations on them or give them a job that you know they can't handle, don't expect them to succeed. Right. Just can't. And so, um, you know, we need to understand our people, uh, in, 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 in at, at all levels to help them grow. Right. You know, the, and again, it's just picking, um, piggybacking on something you'd mentioned around the role of influence. You know, I'd certainly love to get you back at some point and, and talk about that and dive into that a lot more because it is a natural byproduct and a very valuable byproduct of leadership and, and just the role that influence plays. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to re- revisit that at some point with you because I think it's very important, very relative to to the discussion that we're having in the series that we're running. Yep. So, you know, they, um, you know we're, we're at a point now where I want to start, you know, pulling this down to some meaning, meaningful pieces. You know, one question that I always get, and, and I, I want to test this with you, is that, you know, you can teach management practices, but but leadership is one of those things that you're either born with or not, that it involves inherent traits or characteristics. What do you have to say to that? Um, well, that's interesting. First of all, I would say that you absolutely do teach management practices. Management is, 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 is unemotional. It is repeatable. It is predictable. And, and you can certainly teach management practices. People are unpredictable, and that makes it very difficult to, to actually teach leadership tactics. But I would also say this. I, I don't believe leaders are born. Right. I think leaders are created. Um, I think that you know they certainly have some identifiable characteristics and traits, but not all people that have those identifiable characteristics and traits end up leading. Interesting. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that you need to have them to be an effective leader. Having them doesn't mean you're going to be an effective leader. Right. Um, we, it's funny, considering what I do and how I make my money, um, I can't teach leadership. Um, I don't know that leadership can be taught. Leadership is best modeled. Leadership, while it's not taught, it is learned, and it is learned by really interacting with other leaders. And what I can do is I can tell people, watch for these characteristics. Try to draw these characteristics out of yourself to help you become a better leader. But when, when you stop and think about people who have had a positive influence on you in the past, what were their characteristics? What were their traits that made you believe in them and trust them enough to allow them to lead you? And those are the characteristics that you want to try to develop in yourself. And, and watch people. Look at great leaders and, and see what they do. See how they interact with people. Um, you know, I, I remember a, a post-Super Bowl press conference one time when, um, this will be hard for me to say, try to get the words out here, when, when the da- Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl under Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> there, I got it out. So they're interviewing Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson says, well, what's one of your secrets to how you built this team? And he said, well, I treat 
everyone differently. Now, we've all heard a million times, right? Well, you got to treat everybody the same. And his point was, why, why would I treat everyone the same? Everyone of my players is a different person that, that, that responds to different motivations and different circumstances uh, differently. Why would I try to treat them all the same? And to me, I, I would tell people, if you want to find a, a, a great leader, watch how they interact with their people. And if they treat everybody the same, to me, that's, that's far more um, on the management side of the scale. When you see them really connecting uh, personally with each of their people, that's, that's the leadership characteristics that I, I, I really look for um, in somebody. So, yep, let's, uh, let's, let's teach in a classroom setting. We can teach those management practices. Um, let's model leadership characteristics and and whether we know it or not and people sometimes don't realize this but as a as a person in a leadership position uh, you are leading by example whether you know that or not and your example is what you're going to be teaching to the people that you hope to create leaders out of yeah, and, and I've heard you, you earn the right to be a leader, and, and it can be lost at any moment. Uh, you, you certainly can develop management skills, but you earn the right to lead others. Yeah, there's no way that you can, you know, leadership involves people being committed to you. Um, if You can't force anyone to follow you. You really, truly do need to earn that right. That's incredible. You know, it, it what would you? What advice? If a listener is listening to this today and they say, "Hey, I see value in this. It's something that I would like to do. I'd like to explore this. I'd like to become more effective as a leader." What advice would you give them? What would be something that they could do today to go start down that path? Well, a couple of things that I would recommend. Number one is to realize that that leadership is not about a title or a position. That leadership is more of a decision that says, I, I choose to invest my time in other people to help them grow and develop. That's really leadership. And we can do that wherever we are in an organization. We don't need to wait. In fact, I would highly recommend you don't wait for a title or position, that you begin to learn to lead today before you, you have the opportunity. So when that opportunity presents itself, you're prepared. That's great there, there has never been an easier time to learn about the traits of and characteristics of leadership. There are tremendous books and blogs out there to help you do that. You can Google that. Uh, I'd recommend almost anything by John Maxwell, for instance. But beyond that, here's, here's I think, one critical difference in successful people versus less successful people, regardless of whether we're talking leadership, sales, uh, running a manufacturing plant, um, whatever it is, the most successful people in any walk of life have a mentor. They have someone to help them see themselves for who and what they really are and coach them sometimes with the truth about them um, on what they need to do to get better, what their weaknesses are, the things they might want to eliminate, maybe sometimes the people they might want to eliminate from their lives uh, in order to get better. And I would say that no, no matter where you are in life, whether you're in your early 20s starting out, whether you're 65 getting ready to retire, whether you're in an entry-level position or the CEO of a 
large organization, everything about what you do will be more effective if you have a mentor or a coach in your life that will be honest with you and that you trust enough to listen to and act on their recommendations. Uh, it, it is a, I, I, I just don't know anybody that's really ever reached their full potential without a coach or a mentor in their life. And I would highly recommend that. Find someone whom you admire. Find someone who you see as a success that you trust. And then make the decision that, and ask them to mentor you. And, and then if they accept, consider yourself, first off, very lucky. And then commit to following their advice. The best mentor in the world doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you're going to argue with them and say, I don't do that, and that's not me. Just listen to what they suggest and then act on it. And that, that's the start of everything great in, in your future. Uh, that, that's such great advice. Steve, I, I can't thank you enough. We're we're out of time, and and you know these thirty minute podcasts get by; they get by very quickly. And you know, yes, I just want to do. say it, it's absolutely it, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. I think you've given us some great advice. I think for the listeners that um, you know that have joined us, uh, there's certainly something here that they should be able to take away and apply. So I, again, I thank you. You bet, Joe. Hopefully, we made a little bit of, a little bit of a difference for somebody today. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, um, for anyone that joined today that might want to reach out or follow up with Steve, uh, the uh, there's going to be contact information in the show notes for this episode. I would encourage you to do so. Again, his name is Steve Keating. Uh, he's with Lead Today. Um, and, and also, uh, for those that are listening, if, if you found this discussion or value or benefit, you know, I'd encourage you to, uh, to share it with others, pass this information along. You know, we're, we're, we're hoping to grow this podcast. And, and again, we're really, really trying to target that first line, front line manager. Uh, the SOS podcast series is brought to you by AEU Lead. And we're a consultancy dedicated to the needs of frontline managers. For additional information or to follow us on social media, please use the links in the showcase, uh, the show notes provided. That's it for now. Stay safe and thanks for listening.